0: Today on It's Time there in the probably in the center of all this Jesus light radiates through everything
1: I hear the calling it's time It's time
0: It's time,
1: it's time. Welcome to It's Time the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler Pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today he's going verse by verse through the book of Revelation. So turn there in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike.
0: It's
1: time
0: Revelation chapter 21. He says, He that overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be, here it is, my son. Oh, I love that. Do you catch that? That knocks the wheels off of religion. You say, What, is, what are you talking about? God does not want to be a strange to you, not today. Not in the days of your life and not throughout all of eternity. Imagine God who made everything, makes a brand new heaven, a brand new earth, and calls you his child. Wow. Friends, that's not religion. You see the difference? Religion says, well, get out there and do a lot of religious things. You just might make it. Jesus Christ forgives us, adopts us into his family, and then he says, you're going to be my son. I like that, friends. You know, you know, that's what the difference between true, genuine, full-hearted biblical Christianity is and religion that even sometimes will use the Bible. It's where you're his child. Relate with your father in heaven as a child that comes to their daddy. Paul says that as well whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That is a message, friends, that I could never, ever get across to people more than that. What are we looking for in life? We're looking for love. People a lot of times ask, well, what was the big catalyst of the Jesus movement in the late 60s and early 70s? Kids didn't have families. Mom and dad were working to have the American dream, they were called latchkey kids. They'd come home. Nobody was at the, in the house. There was no smell of, of dinner being cooked or fresh bread or anything like that. Mom and dad were too out busy chasing the dollar. So the latchkey kids, and so the message of Christ came along where you could belong to the family of God and that you would have a father that would be there for you. And all of a sudden, the message of the gospel connected with a lost group because it was love that that's what they were looking for, and it's this very same thing we're looking for today. We want to belong. Do you ever wonder why people are so attached to their iPhones? They said the average person touches like their iPhone like a thousand times a day. It's so close to me. The thing is, that makes us what feel here it is connected, right? See, I'm in the know. I'm connected. But see, there's something that's lacking because that connection will never meet the need in your life. See, you need a godly connection in your life. You need to be connected to God because where instead of you just holding on to something, God holds on to you. That's a big change. Now notice it says here, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, and that's the word pharmakiae, Uh, where we get drugs. The idolaters, all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now notice this again. He said, will have their part in the lake of fire which burns Now, again, this idea of annihilation that some of these cults are peddling to people that, oh, hell, don't worry about it. If you don't make it, it's just annihilation. They're not reading the Bible, friends. They've changed it. Go to the book of Jude. The Bible says they'll be tormented forever forever. In the, in, 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 the, in the flames of fire. Uh, I, I'll tell you something. The, this idea of annihilation or uh, hell is just not really real or hell is really a beautiful place. I've even heard that one. Scary stuff when you really listen to what these people say. They don't know their Bible whatsoever. Verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues. Now, this is weird because you got to realize from the time we're reading this to the time where that actually happened was a thousand years ago. Okay. You have the tribulation period, which I believe could start any day now. You have a seven year God's judgment of dealing with an ungodly world and dealing with his nation of Israel. By the time the seven years is up on this great tribulation, Revelation 16 says, lest those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh saved. By the time you get to the end of the seven-year period of time, the earth is so ransacked, so burnt out. Every living thing in the sea is dead. All the trees are burned up. There's no fresh water to drink anymore. Jesus comes back, restores this world back to like the Garden of Eden, not not the New Jerusalem that we're reading about here. And these judgments that came upon, you have a thousand-year reign of Christ, the great white throne judgment comes, those that are not written in the book of life, get cast in the lake of fire, you know all the story. And now it references this same angel a thousand years later, the one who had the bowl judgments. Notice it says, and the one angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues, came to me and talked with me saying, come and I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Now, I think this is here for a couple of reasons. One, the angel that was bringing about the judgment of the earth is the very one who was the maitre d' to introduce John to the bride's wife or, or uh, introduced the bride to, uh, to, to John. So it, it wasn't a bad angel. It was simply an angel doing what God had instructed him to do. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven, having the glory of God, and her light was like the most precious stone, like jasper stone, clear as crystal, like a diamond is what it's talking about. And also she had great high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and the names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. And uh, you have this picture of the encampment of Israel actually kind of reminiscent here a little bit. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. The city was laid out square. Now, again, this is our eternal home, so it's nice to know what you can expect here. It's square. It's not round like we would think. He says that it... Uh, was, is square and it's length and, and it's, it's great as the breadth. So it's completely square. Having measured the city with the reed 12,000 furloins it's length, breadth, and height are equal. So it's roughly about somewhere between 1,400 and 1,500 square miles is the footprint of the first foundation. Now, So you picture a big cube 12 layers. Every one of the layers has a name of one of the foundational apostles and, and one of the tribes of Israel. You have this uh, 1,500 miles by 50. People say it's like, like the tip of Florida to Maine or from Los Angeles to, to Chicago. And then from the border of Mexico, clear into Canada. That's how big the first layer is. Now imagine that all being useful land or useful uh, uh, property. In fact, I read a thing where it said that if you add up what they estimate the number of people who could possibly be in heaven based upon the begats and all those things in the Bible, it roughly gives every person that goes to heaven somewhere between, I think they said 15 and 75 acres is what you're going to get. Now remember In layers. All of us are going to live on different, it's going to be neat. So he says, 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles wide, that is out of our atmosphere. used to always kid people in L.A. when I lived in Southern California. It'd be so smoggy. Anybody that's from there, you know what I'm talking about. Your eyes are burning, congestion, everything. And I would tell people, you know, I know a place just a mile from here, there's no smog. There's no traffic, there's no congestion, there's no none of these problems and and they said no way and I said, "Yep, 1 mile straight up." Now imagine going 1500 miles straight up. No, you're not going to be to the moon, but you're going to have a penthouse view that's going to be unbelievable. It says here that he measures the city, and they're equal. He measured the wall, 1 hundred and forty cubits. It's about 216 feet roughly. Forty-four cubits according to the measurement of a man that is of an angel. The construction of the wall was jasper. The city was pure gold like clear glass. And the foundation and the walls of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. First foundation was jasper. Second, sapphire. The third, caledony. The fourth emerald, the fifth Sardox, the sixth sardis, the seventh crystallite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth christophase, the eleventh jathison, and the twelfth amethyst. So you have all these colors. It's not a black and white heaven, it's a very colorful place. Now, uh, Again, the Bible says, I have not seen nor ear heard what God has for those that love him. But he has revealed it unto us, the next part of that verse. But he's revealed it to us through his word. And he says, and there were t- the gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl. I'd like to see the clam that that came out of And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass, refined so much that it was clear. This is something I don't, I can't grasp. And no wonder Paul said it would be a crime for me to try to describe what I saw. And notice it says, the city has no need of the sun. Oh, excuse me, really important. Verse 22, but I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. That's like going to a city and say, it was a great big city, it was a great city, but there was no bank in it. (laughs) Great city, beautiful city, but there wasn't one school. Well, here's this great city and no temple in it. But here's why. God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. And the city had no need of the sun or of the moon. By the way, you don't have need of the moon because there's no night there. He says that to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminates it, and the Lamb is its light. So there, in the, probably in the center of all this, Jesus' light radiates through everything. That's going to be something I don't want to miss. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor unto it. This is an unusual verse, and I really don't completely understand it. Let's read it again. The nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring glory and honor into it. Now, this is in heaven. So I don't know how this is set up where you're still going to have, in some way, some kind of kingly governess going on. But this is in the new, the new Jerusalem. This is not during the millennial reign of Christ. Its gates are not shut at all by day, and there'll be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall no means enter it by anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Wow. You better have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. That's what the Bible says. You see, that, I believe, happens when we accept Christ as our Savior. That's when we say, okay, God, I'm going to go and I'm going to get rid of the lifestyle that no matter what I seem to do, never really scratches the itch. There's always an emptiness and I'm going to trade that away and I'm going to get your kingdom to be about your business. And I move and I change my residency from a fallen child of this world to a child of God in heaven forever. My question is for... Everyone listening, have you made that decision in your life? Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? If you haven't, today's your day. Why is that important? Because we don't know how long we have here. Every day is precious. Everyone living today is determining what position you're going to hold in eternity. You don't want to miss heaven. And as a matter of fact, if you miss Revelation chapter 21 and 22 and your eternal home, nothing in this world matters. This is the most important thing. Some people say, oh, it's not so important about different things that go on in this life. Yeah, but this is. This is the bottom line. When Jesus said, it is done, he meant just what he said. It is done. God is the finisher. And know this. The good work that he's begun in you, the Bible says, he will do what? He will finish it. We're half-baked cookies. I think every Christian, when they become born again, needs a sign around their neck that says, under construction. If I did that, I wouldn't expect too much. You know, when I see a, a, a road that has the word under construction, I don't expect a whole lot out of that road. You know, if there's gravel there, bits of concrete, bits of pavement, I'm pretty happy, okay, because it's under construction. I don't expect perfection when I see under construction. If we had that around our neck, maybe we'd be a little easier on each other as brothers and sisters in the Lord when we realize, hey, under construction here. You know, I also realize about being under construction, if you've ever driven through Nevada, have you ever waited out there for an hour? And you just wait. There's the line like a mile and a half long of cars because they're doing something. They're working on the road. Do you realize that in construction, there are wait times? Well, you see, when we become a Christian, we're not completed yet. The work he has begun in us, he will bring it to completion. We ain't completed yet. You know why? You want to know one of the biggest reasons why? We live in this thing. You ever notice how some days it does good, some days it don't do good? You ever notice when you go to the doctor? Doctor, this don't work right. It hurts when I do this. And the doctor says, well, then don't do that. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying, no, doctor, I'm not, I'm not functioning right here. So you see, what we're going to get Under completion, a new body that doesn't break down, that doesn't have the old sin nature of wanting to sin, that doesn't go, it's not going to have the the, the things that work against the spirit. But you don't have to wait till you get a new body to start living towards the spirit. Whatever you feed will get stronger. You feed the flesh, it's going to get stronger. You feed the spirit, it's going to get stronger. I'm saying Christians now. The world is the world. It it, it has, Mick Jagger, I think, did such a good job in stating years ago in the 60s, he sang a song, I can't get no satisfaction if I tried. True. Great observation, Mick. What are you going to do about it now? Thank God you're still alive. You can change the road you're on. You see, those are one of the problems that we have. But you're going to get a new body someday that's going to be complete. Your name is in the book of life. That's what's important. And that is what the bottom line is here today. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, those listening by uh, internet and those listening on CSN, I want you to know today's your day. You can accept Christ as your Savior. You can live forever with Him and never be scared of dying ever again. I've talked to people that are so scared of dying. Some people, they they can't sleep at night because they, 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 they leave the light on. They're scared. Well, I wanted you to know, you can rest in Jesus. To live as Christ, to die as gain, and we live in him. Will you accept what Jesus did for you on the cross? That's the bottom line. Jesus took your punishment when he died on the cross. Instead of you dying for your sins, Jesus died in your place. Born once, die twice. Die twice. You live forever. You see, when you, when you, come, to, when you come to Jesus, you can, you can let God take that away, that thing of death in your life. This morning, if you've never prayed, we're going to pray. And you can ask Christ into your life. Let's pray. And you can ask God to do a brand new work in you. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I accept what Jesus Christ did on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. So now I commit my life into your hands for you to make me the best I can be. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. And may I truly be able to say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven every day. So now empower me by your Spirit to be about your business. I turn my life over and give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just like that. Sin and death fall off. Purpose for your life comes on. If you prayed, those listening, got a couple of DVDs, got a couple of books. If you don't have a Bible, I'll give you one. But you can start growing Christ. A good place to read in your Bible is John chapter 3. Just open your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the New Testament. Go to chapter 3 and just start reading about a guy named Nicodemus that came to Jesus by night and what Jesus told him. Read every day. My sheep know my voice, Jesus said. Acquaint yourself with the voice of God. Then you'll know whether it's the devil talking to you, your own self talking to you, or God talking to you. My sheep know my voice. So acquaint yourself with God's voice. John chapter 3, just start reading. Be around Christians that are going to encourage you in your relationship with God. Heaven's a long time. Don't miss it for the world. Only a fool will trade away something he can't keep for something he can never lose. A fool will will hold on to something that he's going to die with a wise man says, I realize I'm not going to keep this. I'm going to give it to you, God. Changes, it. Father, may your Holy Spirit continue to remind us. God, we just ask you that you would show us and teach us, God, each day your lessons and your, your purpose for our life. And so, Lord, this morning, for those that said yes to you, may you just overwhelm them with your goodness. And Father, for those that love you but have been hold in so many directions by the voices of the world. God, that they would come back to you, and they would center in your love, and God, we'd be about your business. And Lord, we would truly see your kingdom come, your will be done. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask this. Amen.
1: Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program,